0: welcome back to another episode of the word affairs guys i hope you all had an amazing week um and i'm gonna be honest with you i've been sat here thinking for the whole week what should i speak about today what should the episode be about and um i don't really have anything like juicy i guess um i don't really have anything like major or amazing i feel like last week's episode was still playing on in my head because today i turned the uh tv and i was like oh I'll watch something on youtube and i i i was watching one of these youtubers that I haven't kept up with for a long time. And he actually had done an episode, I think about a week ago, no, a month ago, sorry, about um perfectionism and how to deal with it. His name's Anas Nur Ali. Um, he is a junior doctor in London, I think. And um it took me back to the episode that I did, and I was like, oh, that's such a coincidence. Um and in the in the YouTube that video that I was watching of his, he was talking about um imposter syndrome for a certain amount of time. So yeah, that is what the last episode was um about on the Word Affairs. So if you guys want to listen to that please do check that out but today um I don't really uh think I've got anything like amazing however um if you listen to the podcast quite frequently you might see or not even see I guess because you can't see a podcast you can listen to it you might have heard um uh, that I'm quite interested in reading i mean i don't know i just thought using the word interesting was a bit weird basically guys i i love reading okay um and it's funny because um when i was a kid i was absolutely obsessed with reading like i'm talking obsessed and um I, I I would read even like when I was sent to bed and um, you know the light was off so I used to open my door a little bit and sit outside where the landing light was on and read and then obviously I'd get caught and get into trouble because I should be sleeping but um, growing up I think since I left secondary school I was struggling a lot to like read as much as I used to because I mean life gets busy I guess you know we had A-levels and everything and then at university um, I would really struggle but guys believe it or not for the past um, I'd say two three months I've been reading quite a bit and I'm quite shocked to be honest because you know um I think it was like you know for a while I've been like I really want to get back into reading I really want to read quite a lot of books and stuff I need to read this title I need to read this one that one etc etc but um I would never actually get around to it and now I have and I've realized the trick is to read in where there's nothing like nothing else to do type of thing (laughs) um but it, it basically I like to read before I go to bed or um if I'm on the bus to uni or something, because I have quite a long journey. Um, And yeah, I end up reading quite a bit, actually. Um, Can I just be honest with you? There's some books that you read and they change you, ultimately change you. Then there's other books that you just think, what on earth was that? Like, who allowed that to be published? I'm I'm just going to say, okay, I know we should value all books and everything, but there are some books out there that I will sit down after leading that and I'll be like what what on earth were the publishers thinking when they thought yeah we should we should get this out there to the world because some of these books are absolutely rubbish like there's some garbage out there and okay another unpopular opinion some of you may not like me for saying this the girl on the train that's it that is it that's like I'm just saying it I'm gonna leave it there the girl on the train I don't even know the author's name I forgot her name but that is one of the worst books I have ever read in my life and I'm not saying that lightly I literally finished that that book off for the sake of finishing it off type of thing because I was like I don't want to leave it and then you know kind of wonder what happened but it was so bad like the only thing i learned or i i felt like it was good to pick up on from that book was the fact that alcohol can ruin your life because other than that it was just a shambles none of the characters i resonated with rachel is the biggest idiot on the earth i'm sorry guys if you if you stan rachel if you even stand the girl on the train i don't think we can be friends because i'm just kidding I, i just you know look everyone has their own preferences I personally, I'm not someone who reads crime. I do like thrillers and stuff. But, you know, crime, it just doesn't sit with me. Like, I just don't get it. I don't... I'm going to be honest. A lot of crime books that I come across, like, I don't really read my dad. He reads nothing but crime. He has read pretty much everything out there. Martina Cole, um, you know, Peter Robinson. He has pretty much read every single book of Peter Robinson's probably out there. Um, What's the other one called? Uh... What? Like, actually, I don't even know their names, to be honest with you. There's another woman. What's her name? i forgot her name but basically he is like obsessed with crime me on the other hand i am not i like um thrillers sometimes psychological thrillers i used to be really really obsessed with dystopian like i'd read pretty much every dystopian but i feel like that was in like a young adult kind of like um you know when the young YA books come out like i had to read every single dystopian one out there my stomach is grumbling i've just realized how hungry i am it's two fifty three on a Thursday afternoon i had to go to work later on as well so i was like i really need to record an episode before i Head, head out um but yeah so um I read that and I I absolutely love romance and contemporary I'm sorry I'm basic I am I like the classics but only if I can sit and analyze and annotate what's going on um but yeah I'm, I'm a basic I'm a basic girl I like my romance books and my contemporary novels so um getting onto that I thought why not why don't I sit and talk about a certain book not I was like I'm not going to talk about every single book I've ever read Um, but you know one or two books maybe here and there that have stood out to me Um, and and I was like, you know what? I just think it's not good enough. I don't think I'd do justice if I, if I, you know, talked about a few books in one episode. Maybe I'll do that in the future. Maybe I'll do one episode dedicated to that. But I was, there was one book specifically that I really wanted to ded- dedicate an episode to, um, and the reason for that is because uh, recently I watched the film to the book. Um, I read the book basically. This book that I've read, I, I read when I was 18 years old, and recently I was like, oh, you know what? I've had the book saved. Sorry, I've had the film saved in my list on Netflix for a long time. I might as well watch it out and guys when I tell you I was sobbing like it's a daily routine for me to cry at films and episodes of dramas etc but I was crying like my heart hurt my heart hurt when I watched that I was like oh my god that ending it was just the way they portrayed it as well you know like some books that you read and the films do not do them justice at all you know I mean quite a few actually the book is always better than the film type of thing this film, I would say it's probably one of the only films I've ever watched that has done the book such justice. Because I'm telling you guys, it was a whole other experience. But anyway, I'm going to talk about the book. I will be honest with you, I haven't read it in a while since I last time read it. You know, I, I was 18 when I read it. So, you know, some things may be off and on. But I just want to basically say three reasons why everyone should read this book. It is Atonement by Ian McEwan and here are three reasons basically why I should read this so um if if none of you are really familiar with ian McKevin, he is one of the most like insane writers out there you know in 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 this current time sometimes you're reading his books and you will feel like you're reading a classic like he, I, so many times that i was reading his books i read this one and on chesel beach and um I would have to stop and be like, am I reading a classic? Like, I just need to check when this book was written. Like, when was it written? You know, how old is this guy? Et cetera, et cetera. But it just feels like such classics when you're reading them because um, they're set in like, you know, they're set back in the days, basically. I've not really come across some that really written now correct me if i'm wrong because i have only read two of his no- novels but yeah um they are absolute classics in my opinion even though they're probably like written in this century so i'll just read you the um blurb to atonement and you can you basically you know get an idea of what i i mean but yeah so on the hottest day of the summer of 1935 13 year old Briony Tallis sees her sister cecilia strip off her clothes and plunge into the fountain in the garden of their country house. Watching her is Robbie Turner, her childhood friend who, like Cecilia, has recently come down from Cambridge. By the end of that day, the lives of all three will have changed forever. Robbie and Cecilia will have crossed a boundary that they had not, sorry, I can't even speak, they had not even imagined at its start and will have become victims of the younger girl's imagination. Bryony, I know what, I feel like I'm saying it wrong because in the film they used to say Bryony. I'm sure it's Bryony, not Bryony. Hmm. Briony will have witnessed w- mysteries and committed a crime for which she will spend the rest of her life trying to atone atonement is Ian McEwan's finest achievement brilliant and utterly enthralling in its depiction of childhood love and war England and class at its center is a profound and profoundly moving exploration of shame and forgiveness of atonement and the difficulty of absolution so that last part you must have understood what the book is pretty much about. It is... When I say it's a classic, you can kind of tell like, oh, that's why right. probably just picked up on the themes as well, right? So um, it's it's amazing. I just can't explain to you the dynamics of this story. So basically, the story goes, um, I'm going to try my best not to spoil it for you. I just can't help but talk about it without spoiling it. So I'm just going to put a disclaimer here very quickly. There may or may not be spoilers. Depends on how I'm feeling. Um, so... The thing is, uh, the book is basically based on, around about the family of Cecilia and um, Bryony. And they're very rich, OK? They are very, very rich people of a very high class. Um, you know, they've never really struggled in life type of thing. And then we get Robbie Turner, who um, is like a childhood friend, as it said in the blurb. But the thing is, I think it was his father um worked for the family and you know like did you know the odd bits here and there and so Robbie does help out quite a bit around the house they've just graduated I think from Cambridge so you know they've all come down and the thing is um that the chemistry first of all between Robbie and Cecilia is intense guys like oh I can't even explain it to you when you're reading it you're just like on edge all the time um, but the thing is when you see it from another person's perspective rather than the people who are experiencing it so Bry- Bryony we see it from her eyes and she's a little sister um, and the thing is she has a very very creative imagination so she's the type of girl who you know write stories at such a young age she's always thinking she's always daydreaming type of thing um and what that can sometimes happen is you know it conflicts with real life now one thing it doesn't say in the blurb that i feel like it's important to mention is that at the time when the story happens and like it says that day turns their whole lives around um a few things happen where for example Cecilia's and Cecilia's and Bryony's elder brother he comes um back home I don't know where from though um and he brings a friend of his and you know he kind of wants to introduce him to Cecilia and um at the same time in the house they have some cousins uh staying so Lottie and the two little twin her two little twin brothers um and Lottie I, I think her name was Lottie um she is like I would say I don't know she's like a She's like a pre, she's like an adolescent child like preteen um and yeah so they are also staying at the house So I don't, I'm just like, I can't ruin it for you. But basically, all I'm going to say is something happens and the police get involved and someone is accused of uh, sexual assault and, you know, rape. Um, And before you know it, just because of what Bryony sees, basically, she's the one to have caused this whole mishap to happen you know, wrong decisions are made and it basically affects the rest of everybody's lives. And the ending, obviously it's Ian McKevin, it's going to be heartbreaking. But the way you follow it, you have hope to learn, like right very last minute and you know the classic it is it breaks your heart so um that's all I'm going to say i would honestly i can't i can't go on about this book enough guys i don't want to spoil it i'm so tempted to but i don't want to because i really want everybody to have a chance at reading this and i definitely think you should but here are a few reasons why i think um everyone should read this book so first of all number 1 is my favorite the depiction of love and heartbreak i don't know if you guys can hear my stomach rumbling because it's just rumbled again and i'm very embarrassed so i do apologize if you hear anything like that in the episode but yes back to the um book number one the depiction of love and heartbreak i can't explain to you how deep the story goes when it comes to their relationship um because you see it from this whole aspect of never being able to attain the love attaining it and then not getting it and then you know being separated and then having the heartbreak etc etc and the conflicts that they have that come in between it you know when you talk about you know you want some kind of romance you want some kind of love story like that this is the one that you want to see the type of commitment that these two have to each other regardless of whatever's happened it is insane um By far, I'm going to be honest, it's the couple that I read about in books and stuff. You know, when you read love stories and you read novels and you have certain, you know, people that you get attached to, characters, um, these two characters, they have my heart. Like, I literally, I genuinely think, like, they're real people. (laughs) I just feel so silly saying that, but I can't explain it to you. Even when I watched the film, and just watching the film, it just kind of, like, um it just heightened it even more it made it even more realistic um and i can't remember the names of the actors they're two very very big actors and honestly they depicted their roles so well um but yeah you really really need to watch the, the i would recommend if you're not going to read the book at least at least watch the film please um it's you know the same title atonement um but yeah it's just inc- incredibly deep and you know you you feel like you're a part of them you feel like you can actually feel what they're going through um and then obviously when you you read the ending it just breaks your heart again it has the ability to break my heart all over again so after I watched the film I was like I'm definitely going to reread the book I haven't got around to it because I have quite a few books that I need to read like my, my shelves are literally heaving and there's so many that I, I just pick up and I'm like yep I'm picking this up so I don't have to buy it later on I don't have to get it later on um, and I'm like working my way through them but yes one day I am going to reread atonement but I know that for a fact if I rewatch the film I will end up crying my eyes out all over again and um, so yeah I I would definitely say the very first reason everyone should read uh this is because of the love and heartbreak um the second one i would say is the second reason sorry um is the whole concept of um investigations and accusations so um this actually links to quite a bit of psychology really um so the thing is it happens now as well you know just because it's 2020 and we've moved on doesn't mean that people don't get wrongly accused for things it happens all the time but obviously back then it was more of a big thing um so Bryony what she sees isn't exactly what happened and she basically jumps to conclusions and before you know it the wrong person is accused for a certain event that happens in the house um but the thing is how easily believed she is by everybody else and it's like the person that it happens to didn't even get a chance to like really tell what happened or really even just basically explain his innocence the actual person who did it got away for the rest of his life um and hint hint his life um yeah so the thing is in reality this happens quite a bit and in fact if you look in psychology for those of you who've ever studied psychology like a level or maybe even uni level you'll probably understand what i'm talking about when i say eyewitness testimony but um, there was this very very famous uh, psychologist. I hope I think she's still alive. She's called Elizabeth Loftus from America, and she basically uh, said that this whole the whole way that people do eyewitness uh, testimonies, in specific the police, um, is wrong. It is totally and utterly wrong, and it's misleading, and it leads to the wrong type of accusations. And before you know it, the wrong people are accused of things. And um, so the way she basically explained this was that the words you use the questions you ask um they are misleading the types of ways you ask people to recall the events it's misleading and when it's misled it leads to um a totally different account of the the story a total account of what happened so the way she was saying this was she put this into perspective through um an experiment um an investigation and um she basically said that you know the memory for an event that's been witnessed by, you know, by an actual person is very very flexible so if you're exposed to new information during the you know the the, the time between witnessing the event and then recalling it if you find new information or you've been exposed to new information you're going to have effects on what's been what you're going to try and recall so the original memory can be modified changed and basically just altered um, and the way she did this she basically said that this is why Iwin's testimonies are very very unreliable and they're influenced by leading questions and she did this by the psychological study of the the car crash so um what she did was um it wasn't just her by the way it was another um site another sorry psychologist called palmer and this was around 1974 so you can tell it was quite a long time ago but um, what they did was they wanted to show that if you are using leading questions and certain types of words, when you're asking an eyewitness for their testimonies, you're going to distort what they tell you. And it's going to basically give you the wrong type of information. And, you know, if you give cues when you're asking the questions. So what they did was they, they had this clip of a car crash, two cars basically crashing into each other. And they showed it to these... Um, you know these uh, participants, and obviously everyone was in different groups. So uh, they asked the question. it asked, asked these groups about these questions, um, and the only thing that differed in the question was the certain word they used. So they wanted to basically ask them to like just tell us how fast do you think the car was going. You know, in terms of mileage. Um, and the what they did was they changed the word they used. So they said like um, about how fast were the cars going when they smashed, or collided, or bumped, or hit. Or contacted each other so you know one group was asked how fast were the cars going when they smashed into each other the other one was asked how fast were the cars going when they hit each other um and believe it or not the speed of um you know the answer that they were giving they that changed it altered and uh so for example when when they asked contacted when they said oh how fast were the cars contacting each other you know the speed was to be you know given around about like let's say 35 miles per hour but when they were asked how fast were the cars how fast did the cars smash into each other the speed shot up to about like 42 miles per hour um and it's this thing like the whole concept of like Oh, sorry I think the high speed was 40 miles per hour 40.8 miles per hour but the concept is that using these type of words are cues and people think that oh smashed it sounds more intense more graphic more fast than something like collided uh, sorry than contacted even um, and so by that they gauge their response they're like yeah well if they're saying it's smashed it's probably going really high meaning that I should give a high response even though they know what they saw at the time but by these questions by these cues that are given they think well yeah I did see that but yeah yeah they're right they're basically right it was going pretty fast you know what i mean um and there was another one where they asked like if they saw any smashed glass so you can easily ask did you see anything else at this you know at the scene or was there anything else that left the cars blah, blah blah if the investigators asked did you see the smashed glass at you know when the cars hit, the witness will automatically think, right. Well, there must have been smashed glass there. They're just asking me, did I see it? Therefore, you say yes because you think, well, it must have been there. I must have seen it. I didn't really, you know, didn't really check, but it was there. So therefore, I need to, you know, basically agree with that answer. So the thing is, um, this whole experiment. There were obviously more, like like I'm saying, the broken glass. Um, there were quite a lot, but basically it changed, it revolutionised the whole concept of eyewitness testimonies. You know, people started to change the way they would ask questions in interviews after, um, you know, investigations, etc. But the concept was that this happens in everyday life. And that is from a psychological aspect. That's from a more like, you know, a crime aspect. But if you look at this book and see how Ian McCowan has has um, portrayed that through, you know, Brian's eyes and through the whole concept of the whole situation that happened, you will realise just how extensive the effect can be. So the thing is, um well, like I said, I read this book when I was 18 and I learned about that in psychology. Um and it, you know, I just I was just using it, I was just learning it as a part of my exam. I do think about it from time to time when I'm watching crimes and you know, etc. like that. But when I read this book, it was really put into into context and I, I just thought to myself that wow, like from those questions, from what Bryony thought she had seen, it ultimately changed the rest of everyone's lives. Um, and it's crazy to see the extent that it can go to. Uh, so that's the second thing why I should, you know, why everyone should read it. The third, I would say, is the typical, you know, concept of class. Um, you know, the differences in class are so, so evident in this. It's insane. The whole reason um, Robbie and Cecilia's relationship starts the way it does is because of class. Um, and it's insane to see. How different that is. On top of that, it's also crazy to see why such and such was accused, and the person who really did it got away. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna spill any details, but you know what I'm saying. Um. So yeah, it's all it all boils down to the to the to the aspect of class and differentiations between status. Um. And the thing is, it is a like I said, it is 2020 now. This book was set in 1935, but if you sit down and think about it, not much has changed. Um. And I'm saying that from the perspective of being, you know um a minority as well i i I definitely see that not much has changed at all um and this story happens everywhere it happens everywhere it's not just something that was set in england also another like sino you will see the extent of war like just what impact war can have on someone and how it had an impact on england as a country as well you will definitely see that through this book and i think it was such a realistic um representation of it that that's what I meant when I kept saying that, oh, you feel like you're reading a classic because sometimes I'd have to pause and think, wait, when was this written? I'd have to check when the book was written because it just felt so real. It felt as if I was actually reading something that was just written a year or two after the war. Um, that's how realistic it was. And on top of that, the way Ian McEwan writes, it's insane. Like I said, it's just, it's just so classic. You know, when you read a classic book and sometimes you're like, the prose that you're reading, the dialogue that you're reading, the way he decides to picture things, the little evidence, sneaky clues here and there, the things you can analyse and pick up on, it's all in this book. And again, I keep saying it, it's crazy to know that it wasn't written that long ago and that's how it's portrayed. In fact, I could probably find when it was written... Um, hmm... It was first published in Great Brit oh I can't speak. First published in Great Britain in two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. A year after I was born. And just imagine like how insane it is to know that it's so realistic you know so many years after the war after the second world war you still feel the impact through it and it's just insane really to be honest with you that that it can get that deep but yeah like I said the class thing um I feel like I resonated to that on a personal level because I have felt that you know especially note that you know I'm not talking about racism that's a totally different thing in terms of class differences and you know social status and etc like that there's a big difference. And, and I have felt that definitely throughout times in my life. But when I read this, that's why I feel like Cecilia and Robbie's love story, it kind of, really it definitely definitely resonated with me on a personal level because of that um and I felt like it was so realistic in that aspect because you know the the reality is the world we live in not everyone has a happy ending um and by that it doesn't mean that you know they're gonna die in like a really sad heartbreaking way it means that somewhere throughout your life something didn't end happily and that's what you feel when you read this book um so the thing is I I feel like it's a book at the end of the day it is fiction but sometimes you have to take a step back and think, is this what I'm reading really fiction? And it comes down, it boils down to that whole question of, is it life imitating art or art imitating life? And in my personal opinion, this is definitely art imitating life. Because obviously, you know, he's done his research, you can see McCarran doing his research throughout the whole book. Oh my god, my stomach is still rumbling. I need to get something to eat after this. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can see he's done his research throughout the whole thing. um, But yeah i would definitely say it's art imitating life um and if you watch the film especially i i'm gonna be honest i know a lot of people aren't readers if you're a reader please read the book before you watch the film even though i, I like i still said the film is the best depiction of a book i've ever seen but obviously the, the bu- books are always better um I would say read the book but if you don't want to read the book and you just want to watch the film please watch the film go and watch the film you'll understand what i'm talking about it is so deep i can't explain it to you like even now i'm thinking about it and i was just so heartbroken because my heart is really with cecilia and robbie and like i'm talking about them as if they're real but i know they're not real and just it's this is what this is the thought that stayed with me okay the thought that stayed with me after reading the book and watching the film and you know really seeing cecilia and robbie's relationship from every angle the thought that stayed with me was that they may not be real people they may they're just characters you know fictional characters but at the end of the day they're definitely based on real people and what i mean by that is that this story is probably repeated and told in so many different ways in so many houses in so many places around the world around the country so many love stories that ended this way so many people that experienced this on a different level it may not have been during the war it may not have been you know, um, straight fresh from uni. It may not have been, you know, in the way that they told after a crime or something, but the fact lies in in the reality that there are a lot of love stories that ended like this. There's a lot of heartbreaks that happen like this and there's a lot of relationships out there that you will see and be like, you know what? Damn, that is what I'm talking about. That is like an iconic couple. Because let me tell you one thing. Cecilia and Robbie are the iconic couple in my opinion. So I'm gonna end the podcast over there today I'm gonna end the episode here um and my obviously recommendation of the week will be to please read Atonement by Ian McKevin. if you don't want to read it you're not a reader then because it is quite a hard read at times guys it is quite difficult at times because of the prose etc but um watch the film the film's available on Netflix I'm sure you can get it from somewhere else if you wanted to but yes please please watch the film and read the book um and just let me know what you guys think of it I would love to hear your feedback because you know you can clearly tell I'm the biggest fan of this book it's just a heartbreaker i can go on about it for days but yes please do read the book and please check it out i hope you like this episode it was a little different from normal um and i hope you have a very good week and i i can't wait to speak to you guys again next week inshallah